Hello everyone, welcome to Maharangi Vineyard Church Live. Sorry, I've got to adjust myself a little bit. What a beautiful day, isn't it? Like all the gardeners will be loving this rain. This is, if you're another gardener, this rain is like what we dream of. It is beautiful, soft, persistent, wonderful rain. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying it. And it's actually hot enough to actually go out and enjoy it. Stand in the rain, play in the rain. Um, yeah. Yeah, we just watched a guy walk down the road walking his dog like it was a beautiful summer's day. He didn't even have a jacket on. So <laughs> there you go. You could do that this afternoon. But so, yeah, welcome to week 13 online. We really wow. are so grateful to have this uh, platform to gather on as much as we really, it's not our favorite thing to do. Um, we think we might change things up slightly coming into Christmas and normally beautiful weather on a Sunday morning. So we might look at posting a bit earlier in the morning. But we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. So we have some birthdays to celebrate this week. Um, four birthdays, a couple of them are today. So wow. earlier oh. in the week it was Shona Dimmock's birthday on Monday and Andrew McCulloch. So happy birthday to you guys. And today it's Derek Hollis's birthday and Sophie Foots. So happy birthday happy to you birthday. guys. Yeah. And if you've celebrated a wedding anniversary, hope you've had a really lovely day doing so. Um, yeah, so this morning we sent out during the week about gatherings. Now we get the hope you've all managed to get outside and gather with some people now that the restrictions aren't quite so stringent. Um, we It was great yesterday. We were able to catch up with our leadership team, which was so nice to do it in person and not through a screen. Um, the weather's really not cooperating, but if you've got a covered outdoor deck like we had, it works great. Um, but the, So there is two gatherings happening today. One of them is happening right now under a covered deck and the other ones this afternoon at Martins Bay and they're going to do it rain hail or shine so oh wow are they yeah they oh are. great That's so if you cold. signed up for those um the one this afternoon's from three to five at Martins Bay if you didn't sign up and want to head along just go ahead and do that and we will um put some other ones on in this week's email for where we'll be gathering over the next week we thought we might do one at on a nice day at Omaha for a walk or something so yeah watch the email for that or, or a rainy day and we just walk Omaha Beach in the rain. Yeah, and who knows? It could be that. completely liberating. We'll see. Hey, so we're going to carry on with our Advent series. Um, I said last week, if you haven't had a chance to have a look at, we are really loosely, and I, I want to stress the word loosely, embracing the tradition or a, a um, tradition that dates back to about the 4th century of um, Advent, antiphon, um, antiphons. Sorry, it's a it's a series of seven prayers that were really they were prayed every night in the week leading up to actually Christmas. Um, but one of the things that they do is they their prayers addressed to the different um, seven different sort of characteristics or or sort of names or titles of Jesus. And and the thing about it is that I really loved is the sense of re-positioning um, ourselves to reminding ourselves of who Jesus is and actually the hope that we have in him coming and in his coming in, in those different characters those different aspects of hope that we can cling on to and so today we're going to sort of carry on with that and lean into and embrace the idea of Jesus as one of his titles is Adonai um, maybe something that you may or may not be um super familiar with but we're gonna we're gonna dig into that a little bit more as as we go on this morning um but yeah last week we just reminded or leaned into the this idea of jesus coming as wisdom 
um, and there's some really brilliant passages all throughout this series. There's going to be some great um, passages, a lot in, in Isaiah, um, and then quite a few in the Psalms as well as we go on. But just reminding us that Jesus comes as wisdom, and that wisdom brings hope for us as well. Um, you know, and it's this idea that Advent this year, you know, normally, like I said last week, is is all about kind of slowing down when culture is speeding up. And, and so Advent is so, so important this time of year or this season that we find ourselves in, not necessarily because things are speeding up. Although, having been to um, a few retail shops, I think we're, we're making up for lost time as a people. Um, but, but actually more than that, this season is, is this idea of Advent and leaning into the hope that is Jesus is actually incredibly powerful. There's very little um, sort of nostalgicness about it. I don't know if that's a word, but nostalgia about it this year. And far more, it's, I feel like it's essential for us as followers of Jesus to remind ourselves of, of who Jesus is, of why he came, who he is as he's coming um, in this season where, man, so much is up in the air. So much feels, feels out of control and, you know, and it's kind of that sense of like, and, and so much too, that genuinely it feels like, man, we're, it feels like culture is wanting to divide and pull us apart. And, and yet that's not, nothing new. Like I think about the first century church, that's our origin as followers of Jesus is living countercultural to whatever society might say is a dividing line between, you know, you and me or us and them. That's where the church became, at our very origin, we were, we were breaking down walls. You know, like where society would say women, but the, the barriers between women and men, the church would just embrace women as equal, um, as Jew and Gentile, as poor and rich, as um, slave and as free. And so we as followers of Jesus can embrace that, that kind of, countercultural, subversive, not in a picket line shouting and demanding sort of way, but, but in a quiet um, but consistent way through love, like through opening up our hearts and our lives and our homes and our tables when we can, you know, when it's appropriate, but opening up our outdoor areas or, or meeting with one another and people who may view the world differently, who may view the current situation or vaccines or whatever differently than you. We have a responsibility and we have an origin as, as the church, as followers of Jesus, mm -hmm. to embrace one another and to love one another and to do it in a way that is just like one person at a time, one heart connecting with another heart at, at a time. And so that's, that's why I'm so excited about, about Advent this year and think it's so, so important. And so, so really, this week, we're leaning into, as I said, the hope of Jesus coming as Adonai. And that's a, that's a Hebrew word that, that in one way means Lord. But like in so many of the definitions, they're so rich in meaning and layers. Um, we think, oh, it's just another name for God. And, and Lord is another name for God. And, you know, and we kind of lose it there with our, with our definitions. But this Adonai has some little tweaks to it. Um, one of which is is that leaning into Adonai as Lord is as our master, as Jesus 
is the master of our life. You know, and it's that whole thing of like in, in the Old Testament, um, that word Adonai wasn't just even, uh, wasn't even kind of considered to be, you know, a um, necessarily just a definition of God as master. It was actually a, um, like a literal meaning of a master of, so slaves would address or their master as Adonai. You know, it's like the Rife household where I, I Angela likes me to address her as Adonai, as master. Um, as it no. should be. <laughs> I don't um, see any problem. <laughs> um, and so, so there is, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so let's, let's just, if you have your Bibles, open it up, and we're going to read, um, from, or Angela's going to read from, from Isaiah. Yes, yeah, so I'm reading from Isaiah 44. And I'm reading out of the message for this one. So it's verses 1 to 8. I'll see if I can do it without my glasses on. I might change some words though. But for now, dear servant Jacob, listen. Yes, you, Israel, my personal choice. God who made you has something to say to you. The God who formed you in the womb wants to help you. Don't be afraid, dear servant Jacob. Jeshurun, the one I chose. For I will pour water on the thirsty ground and send streams coursing through the parched earth. I will pour my spirit into your descendants and my blessing on your children. They shall sprout like grass on the prairie, like willows alongside creeks. This one will say, I am God's, and another will go by the name Jacob. That one will write on his hand, God's property, and be, and be proud to be called Israel. God, King of Israel, your Redeemer, God of the angel armies says, I'm first, I'm last, and everything in between. I'm the only God there is. Who compares with me? Speak up. See if you measure up. From the beginning, who else has always announced what's coming? So what is coming next? Anybody want to venture a try? Don't be afraid and don't worry. Haven't I always kept you informed, told you what was going on? You're my eyewitnesses. Have you ever come across a God, a real God, other than me? There's no rock like me that I know of. If I'm, if I'm completely honest, and I hope that's a really good place to be, but if I'm completely honest, this, this whole kind of um, season of COVID and lockdown and thinking way back to the very, remember when the very first lockdown was, um, it's been a real, a real um, revelation to myself about me. Um, I, I have really, it's just, it's incredible. Um, as I look back at my responses and the way I've reacted to, to a lot of the stuff that's gone on, is that sense of, man, just how much of my life I hold in my hands. Like how much I look to myself as the provider or or the one who's got to sort out um, the world or or even even just my future or what's going on how much of it is really genuinely um in in my control in my hands it's i look to myself to to sort things out i've been staggered at, at my responses and my reactions um to this as as it kind of un, has unfolded over the time. And, and judging by social media and others, I don't think I'm alone. Like, I, I really don't think, I think a lot of us have really, really battled with this, with the revelation that I'm actually not in control of the world. You know, many of us wouldn't say that, or my life, you know, but, 
but our actions and our the 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 way we th the way we um, process things, we really do forget that we're not in control. And I and I just think that's one of the incredible things about about Adonai, about Jesus being our master and our Lord. And and part of that is that Jesus loves us too much not to let us let that be kind of a, a department by department thing. What what I mean by that is like, oh Jesus, you can have my um you know this part of my life. You can you can be Lord of this part of my life, but but I'd like to maintain this part of my life for me. I would, part of me would be like, oh, that sounds like a win-win. But Jesus loves us too much to let us there. Like he loves us too much. He knows us too well and he knows what's going on. Like, like that Angel just read, like God knows. He knows what's happening. And for us to put our, our whole life into his hands is so good. And, and this invitation for him as Adonai is, is, of this Advent season of the hope that we have is Jesus extending yet again this invitation to put your life, for me to put my whole life into his hands because he's good and he's faithful and he's kind and he knows what's going on. And so, and, and really, I love Jesus so much because he doesn't just invite us into something and kind of leave it there. He, he models for us this incredible thing. And so, Angela's just going to read this Philippians, and it's a wonderful, wonderful example of Jesus didn't just invite us to surrender our life or to lay our life down and put it in his hands. He modeled what surrender looks like. He modeled what humility looks mm -hmm. like. He modeled what laying down his life looks like. So if you, again, get your Bibles open to um, Philippians 2. Angela's just going to read now. Yeah, I'm reading from Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. This is actually um, a version that Lennon loves. It's called N.T. Right for Everyone. Um, I'm trying to remember what it is. It NTE, if you're looking it up on an app, I think that's what the, the little reference is. So starting in verse 5, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status, no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died, <clears throat> sorry, a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything, ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out and praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honour of God the Father. I, um, I was looking back through, through my old um, previous notes and actually this Believe it or not, if you can remember back that far, but this was the the first scripture that we, um, or the point in our Philippians series, the first scripture that we read um, when we came out of the first lockdown. Um, it was the first lockdown, eh? 
I think. Was it earlier this year? <laughs> Maybe earlier. Yeah, yeah, March. Um, and so, so, and I remember it so clearly because it's, it's um, for me, just something so special because this is actually a poem, if you remember back to the Philippians series. Um, and, and it's a poem. It's a work of art. Um, really, it's one of the most profound, if not the most profound um, portions of Paul who wrote a, a big chunk of the New Testament about writing about Jesus. And there's a bit of a debate on whether or not he actually wrote it or not. Um, but, but nevertheless, it is, just, it is just this profound piece of art, um, poetry, that just really screams or focuses on the fact that this is what God is like. And, you know, Jesus is God, and this is what God is like. Adonai is a, has another really powerful component to it, and that is the sovereignty of God. And, and that's not a word we use very much, um, but it's just that sense of, not the sense, it's the reality that God is in control. He's sovereign. Mm -hmm. he, he, he knows what's happening. The hope that we have in Adonai, the hope that we have in Jesus, is that he is in control. We can trust him with everything. Like, can we meditate on that for a minute? And I almost can hear the buts, but what about, but what about COVID? Or but what about um, the government? Or but what about um, lockdown? Or but what about um, the economy? There's no buts that God is in control. That, that he's, and, and it's not even that God's in control, it's, the, and that's what God is like. Like he is so loving and so caring and so good. You know, like we have, and honestly, like over this time, especially really recently with really all of the kind of the frustration and the angst and the, the, the pain of really the last few months mm -hmm. of, of vaccines and, and how polarizing that can be um, or, or has been for some people and, and really the anguish on and the pain that both sides have felt. And, and I know for us, we've had many a time where, oh man, I've just been wrecked. I, I've been like, God, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't, um, I don't, I can't even imagine what the future, what, how could how could that be? How could we, you know, all of this is getting so twisted and churned up inside. And, and I've lost the amount of time, track of the amount of times that in the middle of um, kind of feeling quite churned up and angsty about it all and wanting to give up and whatever or angry or frustrated or scared or sad, um, Gus would come in. So Gus is my almost one-year-old Scottish Terrier. And in the middle of all my angst and fear and frustration, Gus would come in with his silly little toy and he, and he comes and he pushes it against my leg and he, you know, you know, just keeps just wanting to play, just wanting to, or, or he'll come in and he'll start rolling around on the floor, um, just making lots of loud noises and, and just with, and, and the amount of, we both said it, the amount of times it's like, oh, really annoyed, like, oh, I wish I had your life. Like you've got, a, you don't have a care in the world, you silly little dog. You know, like you lie on the sofa. We, you're cared for. We, we give you, you know, the best dog food. We, and you're, you get it twice a day, and you get walks, and you get, you get loved, and you get cared for. And oh, wouldn't I love to have your life? And it's just this sense of like, Jesus is saying, man, Adonai, the hope of Adonai is. As my, um, as your master, how much more do I love you? 
How much more do I care for you? How much more do I have your every meal planned out? You know, like your, your, your needs are met. Like, I can trust you, Adonai. Jesus, I can trust you, Master, as sovereign of in control. Um, I love you that much. That's, I think that's the earth-shattering hope of, of Jesus is that, that he cares that much. And, and that he cares so much that he's coming and, and that he's come again. You know, or that, that one that he came, but also that he's coming again. And, and it's not in the same way. Like we're, we, the first century wrestled with this whole idea of the Messiah coming because we had a skewed, they had a skewed image of what, what power and authority and sovereignty look like. And I think we may not be as familiar with the terms, but we're just as confused as what power and authority and sovereignty looks like today. And Jesus has come, he came first as the Messiah um, over 2,000 years ago, but he's coming again and, he, and his kingdom breaks in in the same way, in ways that we don't expect because God's power and authority is very different than the, what the world would, would, would be expecting of. Power and authority um, in God's kingdom is, is Jesus coming in his self-emptying, as a self-emptying, loving servant, as a servant who humbles himself of, of what it means to be human, to, obe to be obedient, even, as Scripture says, even to death. That's what Adonai comes like. That's the hope of, of Jesus, is that he comes even to death on a cross. Our hope is anchored in that truth, that, that as the very crescendo of time and the ultimate display of, of power, of divine power and authority is the cross, is surrender, is laying down his life for ours. And that's our hope. This Advent season is so vital this year that we constantly remind ourselves of what power and authority looks like through the lens of Jesus, which is the only lens we can see it through. You know, where, where we feel so out of control, there is so much, um, there's such a strong likelihood that we can follow a trajectory that takes us off course. And yet Jesus is that anchoring, is that centering way that we can hold on to. My hope, my prayer for us as followers of Jesus as we journey through really what is a season that probably none of us have, the, of the amount of suffering and, and that, that reality or revelation that we're out of control. And, and man, that can kind of, in a way, kill us or cure us. I don't mean to be brash, but, but it is that sense of, man, that can make us more like Jesus or it can lead us down a trajectory that takes us... Um, really far off course. And my prayer for us is that in this Advent season, we constantly go back to Jesus. We constantly look at what he did and how he lived and, and take our cues from him, mm -hmm. that we surrender ourselves, that we humble ourselves, that we lay our lives down again, knowing that we can trust God for all of it. You know, and, and, and then God's response, I love, I love, love, love that, that poem because it's sort of, it's, it's this point, if you remember back in, and at the very point of the, the poem is, 
and Jesus died on the cross. And so Jesus is before it as he's humbled himself. He laid himself down and then he died on the cross. And then it's God's response. And because of that obedience, because of the obedience of, of Jesus to surrender himself, to demonstrate what surrender and sovereignty and power looks like in the divine, what does God do? God lifts him up high and honored, far above anything else, that, that far above all created beings in heaven and, and on earth and everything below the earth. I'm butchering it, sorry. But um, that at his name, that, that every knee should bow, that every, all worship should be focused on him because of that kind of love. So that's our hope today. Can I just pray for us as we, as we sort of wrestle with it? And this is one of those things that um, this, this embracing of Adonai, this embracing of Jesus, the hope that we have in Jesus as our master, this is something that takes sometimes minute by minute, um, day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation, where we remind ourselves to lay our life down and put it in Jesus' hands as our control, as as take <laughs> no as his <laughs> that he is in control of our life. That we can surrender control, we can mm-hmm. surrender trying to figure it out, and and give it to him, knowing he is in control, that he's mm-hmm. sovereign and he loves us. So, Father, I thank you today. I thank you genuinely. You know all of the wrestling of our hearts. You know those things that keep us awake at night, those things that are, are just that we are just so overwhelmed with at times. And God, I thank you that you know you have made a way in all of those situations and in all of those circumstances. And as we honestly and truly in the best of our ability, God, lay those things at your feet. God, would you pick them up? Would you pick us up and would you remind us of the hope that we have in you as our master, as the one who loves us, who cares for us, who has every one of our needs, who knows them in advance and has prepared a way for us. Mm -hmm. I pray that we would go through this season with an increased sense of hope and an increased um, reflection of who you are, not only to us and to our families, but to our friends to our neighbors, to our workmates, that the hope that we have in you as Adonai would shine bright Mm. in this season. Mm. Amen. Amen. Hey, just, we're going to be dropping off some little gifts to you over the coming um, two weeks, I think. So Brenda is going to be sending out an email. So we've got an updated address list. We think we know, well, we know where most of you live. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a real, that sounds like a threat. It's not, I it's promise. Not. We know where you live. Um, but we don't know where everyone lives and we definitely don't want anyone to miss out. So when you get that email, please don't ignore it. If you could just quickly fill in your um, details and send it back to Brenda, I promise you it won't go out to anyone else. It's just so we know uh, where to deliver those two. And we have a few other things that we've got up our sleeves that we'd love you to get involved with as we come toward Christmas in a in a way of giving out to those around us. So we'll we'll let you know that over the coming week too. But really nice to see you and hope you get to enjoy this day. It looks like the rain maybe has stopped. Um, and if you're keen for some connection, head out to Martins Bay at three o'clock today and you'll see them there under the big tree. So have a great week. Thanks guys. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.